Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. If you want to explore more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head over to cageclub.me and check out some of our friends. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Real Bad, the podcast where we talk about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. I'm your host, Nick Jenkins, and today I am joined by uh, a couple who are head of their own podcast, or hosts of their own podcast. They're heads of their own (laughs) podcast, too. We're two heads. Two heads. Uh, Introduce yourselves, please. Hi. Hi. (laughs) I'm Rachel. And I'm Sam. And together we're Real Real Love, Love, a podcast (laughs) with two people in love who love talking about movies. And it's an adorable podcast that you should listen to. Uh, and then sitting next to me is my bitter rival, Matthew Gatos. Hi. Hi. Ooh, hiss. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have a pre-rehearsed routine <laughs> to be all adorable. It's okay. We don't all get to be adorable. You're the man. heel. It's okay. It's yeah, I'm the bad guy in this yeah. podcast. So there's the he- in wrestling, there's the heel and the face, right? Yes. Okay. And so the I face think is all the three good of guy. you are the faces on this situation. I am the heel. I'm a, I'm a manager. <laughs> You're just the manager. I'm Rachel's manager. Uh, no way. <laughs> Do you know what that means, though? I don't uh, think she trusts you in her corner. I get to tell you. I get. I don't get to tell you anything. I'm like your hype man, and I yeah. like arrange the fights and stuff. And then you go out and kick ass. All right. Well, then say that. That's what it is. It's a manager. A wrestling manager is a different thing than like a business. Okay. And that doesn't fit on a business card. No. Yeah. <laughs> so. I like hype man more. Yeah, I'm your hype man. Okay, I'll accept that. (laughs) Cool. Uh, Today we are going to be talking about a 1996 film that is one of the weirdest sequels I have ever seen. Now, this wasn't the weirdest sequel that we were going to watch, but I failed in communication skills and we had to move that movie to a later date. But it's still a pretty good weird this sequel. This is a pretty good weird sequel. And we're talking about it's weird because we're going to jump into this franchise cold. So we're going straight to episode four of this franchise, and it is, of course... Star Wars did it. This one can do it, too. That's true. That's a good point, actually. And they're both in space. Yeah, they both have something in common. Yeah. What a... Warwick Davis Davis. Davis. both of them, they're in space, and it's episode four. Yep. Same movie. It's Star Wars. Basically. Uh, We're, of course, talking about Leprechaun 4... In space. And uh, I forgot, you said, of course, I was like, it's in the title of the podcast. But before that, I was like, those hints were not good enough <laughs> for anyone to figure out it was Leprechaun 4 in space. Is there a colon in there somewhere? Or is it just Leprechaun 4 in space? I think there's a colon after 4. Yeah, it's like Leprechaun in space feels like a title. Leprechaun 4 feels like a title. Leprechaun 4 in space is a weird m- mishmash. Right, of because the terrible Superman movie, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, was supposed to also be, like, the number four was supposed to be F-O-R as well, and it can be Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Leprechaun 4 in space would not work. <laughs> it doesn't work. Leprechaun 4 in space. What is... What? No. Lepre- see. Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, doesn't also not make much sense. No, but it's an actual line he says in the movie. Oh, okay. Which we're not talking about that movie. <laughs> Good. This, but <laughs> Eventually we probably Oh, we yeah. will. We need to. Because it's the worst movie in a series of terrible movies <laughs> except for the first one. You think it's worse than Justice League? I haven't watched it in a long the time. The Quest for Peace? It's really hard to say because they're both so terrible in different ways. yeah, yeah. Quest for Peace is just boring and it's bad. It's hard to be worse than Justice League. It's really hard to be yeah. worse than Justice League. But as far as like the fact that you can make a Superman movie that incredibly boring is almost impressive. I've never seen it. I would guess it's more sincere than Justice League, Christopher possibly? Reeves wrote it, oh. and it's all about like denuclearization. Whoa. Interesting. Yeah, and it's 
which could be so. fine. That's a worthwhile Superman story to tell if you tell it. Correctly. But it was produced by Canon, right? Films and it like they reuse shots that like composited shots. So it's like the same shot of Superman flying uh-huh. <laughs> and it's just really bad. And then I don't know how they got Gene Hackman back, but, oh. but they yeah, did he's back for this one. And he's got a nephew played by John Cryer. <laughs> Maybe what? he needed to buy another car. Oh, that could be it. Is his nephew evil too? Kinda. Yeah. Okay. But it's like been a real bad covering. <laughs> yeah. Superman yeah. four, the quest for peace. Sounds fascinating. But today we're talking about <laughs> Leprechaun four in space. And uh, before we get into too many details, we need to do a 60-second plot dump, and that person is going to be Sam. Me? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. I've been thinking about this. Okay. <laughs> I think I forgot a big chunk of the movie, but I'm ready, I guess. I mean, it's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're going to start. You ready? Uh, yeah. In three, two, one. Okay, so the scene is space. That's where the leprechaun lives now for some reason. It starts off in his cave lair where he's having dinner with a princess who he's trying to marry so he can become the king of something. Uh, Then a bunch of space marines bust in, try to kill him, and they do kill him, in fact. And one of the space marines pees on the leprechaun's corpse, and the leprechaun flies up into the man's penis. (laughs) Then later on, the leprechaun, they're back on the spaceship. This is real. The leprechaun bursts out of the man's penis, uh... Kills a bunch of space marines. The space marines' boss, I guess, is this scientist named Dr. Mittenhands who's half robot. He's trying to make himself whole again and not half robot anymore by experimenting on the woman that the leprechaun was trying to woo because uh, her blood regenerates, I think. And <laughs> so then the leprechaun and the woman wake up and they get together and they turn Dr. Mittenhand into a spider. The surviving space marines have to avoid the leprechaun because he's basically unkillable. Uh, stop Dr. Mittenhands who died. What did he do? That's the part I forget. How did the self-destruct thing start? No one, I don't think, in this room even knows, and we all watched the movie. (laughs) Who did start the self-destruct? Was it Mittenhands? It had to be the leprechaun. I think it was the leprechaun. Because the Mittenhand had no reason to destroy the (gasps) ship. Oh, he was trying to get, he just wanted to kill them all because he just wanted to kill them all because he's a leprechaun. And so he was going to steal... I thought there's mit- a few hand, there's a few oh. scenes where he's typing at the computer screen. That's what I thought. Is he yeah. trying to kill himself? I think the first time maybe he like sees himself as the spider scorpion man and he's like I don't want to live anymore. I think that I think that that is right. I, I think I, that yeah. Mittenhands started the self-destruct sequence and that's why uh what's his name was in the got caught in all the webs. Sticks. 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 Do you want a man? And yes, sticks. the man whose name we should know but is also in Joanna Man. Yeah. It's um, the only thing. He was in that. He was in Carnosaur 2. And he was in uh, Friday the 13th Part 5. Whoa. Is so that Jason Takes Manhattan? No. No. <laughs> no, this is Friday the 13th Part 5 is the only Friday the 13th without Jason Voorhees in it. Why would what? you do that? Who's in it? <sighs> Let's uh, save that <laughs> yeah. for a different <laughs> podcast. You both sighed at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's but, the worst Friday the 13th movie. So, But I think uh, you nailed most of the plot, but I think there's a couple big things that you didn't get yeah. to, literally. Yeah. Uh, at one point, the leprechaun, there's a shrink grow ray like Wayne Zielinski has, yeah. and he gets in front of it, 
and becomes giant leprechaun. Well, they shrunk his gold, and he's I'm quite mad about it. I'm the giant leprechaun. <laughs> That's not a quote from the movie. No. But you said it as if it was. He does look down his pants to see if his oh, penis yeah. is giant. Yeah, so apparently, it, it is. I, I guess pr- probably just proportionally. Yeah. This is the thing. Like, it, it, Yeah, it would be proportional. It wouldn't have just like, well, this ray enlarges you and your penis more. And your more. penis gets a little bigger. <laughs> yeah. That is such a weird, like, uh, canonical gag to have it is like for like so many so many movies it's like oh i changed other sex wait let me check let me look at my genitals yeah yeah i became large i became tiny wait the first thing i have to do yeah yeah that is a weird like that is a weird thing i think it's not the first thing that any real human being would ever ever do though if you turned if you woke up a different sex then you probably would go huh yeah maybe but I don't like in most movies it's played up as like hey 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 I've got boobs now and it's like yeah. like in Jumanji too. <laughs> yeah, I have not seen Jumanji too. Well, but... go see, it's great. Yeah. Um, According but... to one of you, well, it's great. There is a kind of entertaining sequence where the girl who's stuck in Jack Black's body learns how to pee. I did like that part. Yeah, that was right. a good part. We yeah. are just wanting to talk about anything except <laughs> yeah. Leprechaun. Okay, so we're uh, procrastinating on the Leprechaun. <laughs> I think it makes sense though because. Uh, I mean, maybe we can start talking about this part, but like going around the room of like our experiences with Leprechaun as a franchise, mm-hmm. I have very little. I think I've seen the first one and maybe some clips of the Back to the Hood mm-hmm. movies. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I remember seeing it playing on the TV and Blockbuster, or like parts of it playing. Yeah, I think I became like aware of them even more so once I realized who Warwick Davis was yeah. and what other things he had been in. Yeah, and I was like, oh. He was he was Leprechaun in all of these movies. Like he mm-hmm. stuck around, um, but yeah. So I don't know if anyone, Nick, have you seen more of the Leprechaun movies? I've only seen the first two, aside from this one. So there's so this is the as it as you know this is the fourth one, but there are six movies, um, and this one. So I saw the first Leprechaun many years after it came out. And it's kind of enjoyable. Like it's a, it's it, it came out in an era, early '90s, um, late '80s, early '90s. I'm not sure where, but it's, I think it was early '90s. And it has Jennifer Aniston in it in her first thing for the most part. And I don't know. It follows a tradition of like crappy horror movies getting stars, people who would later become bona fide stars. Yeah. So you have like Jennifer Aniston in that, you have Matthew McConaughey and uh, Renee Zellweger in one of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequels uh. um, that's way down the line. So there's like, you know, it, it's it's something that happens quite often. And it was entertaining enough that I watched the second one, which is not that good at all. And then I couldn't even get through the third one. Um, and then this the third one's by the same director though, it is Brian Trenchard Smith who is a staple of exploitation cinema which I love exploitation cinema yeah explain so, that term to me okay so uh, a lot of people call Australia Oz gotcha um but one because AUS. I think I just caught up. Oh, it's Australian exploitation yeah. movies. I um, thought it was like. Wizard of Oz exploitation <laughs> because there's like heavy Wizard of Oz metaphors like laid out in this movie. Yeah. And so when you yeah. referred to this as Ozploitation, I was like, 
is that just like a weird <laughs> like All his movies trope? are related to the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, like any movie that's like a bad movie that mentions Wizard of Oz is Ozploitation. It's a whole genre in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just Australian exploitation. Gotcha. Uh, that was uh, really in the 70s and 80s. And there's a great documentary on it um, on Netflix. I'm trying to think of the title. Not quite Hollywood. The wild untold story of Ozploitation. There was a lot of silence I just edited out, but <laughs> I figured it out. Uh, but it's a very good documentary and talks all about it. And so, and that was sort of my era of uh, cinema was mm-hmm. these were a lot of straight to VHS movies for the U.S. Yeah. Um, that were, you know, they were just fun and ridiculous. I, I sent you guys a trailer for one that he did called Turkey Shoot. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Like it is it is absolutely ridiculous film, but there it's it's fun. Did and, Mad Max like open up all the other ones to come over to America or is that what opened the floodgates of Ausploitation or was it before that? Um, Mad Max didn't. I think the Road Warrior did. Okay. Mad Max wasn't as huge a hit in the U.S. as it was overseas. Right. And the Road Warrior was a big hit over here. Yeah. Um, And they even, that's why it's called the Road Warrior. Mm -hmm. Its actual title is Mad Max 2, the Road Warrior, but they changed it in the U.S. because nobody knew what Mad Max Max was. was. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So they just changed it to the Road Warrior, which frankly I still think is a better title. But it's a very good title. It's a very good title. (laughs) Um, So Brian Trenchard Smith was a part of that. And then he comes over and he does Leprechaun 3 and then now Leprechaun 4. Mm -hmm. And Leprechaun 3 lost me very early on, like within like 10 minutes. So set in Las Vegas, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it just wasn't doing anything for me. And it makes me think, though, after watching this movie, if I'd given it more time, Mm -hmm. I might have had a better time with it. Because I want to say up front, this was a very entertaining watch for me. Yeah. Yeah, we all watched it together. Yeah, which, which is, is rare. Something we like we normally do for this podcast, but it one because of time and two yeah. just because it seemed like that kind of movie that would be good. Yeah, to watch together. I was expecting it to be a slog, so I was I was happy that you wanted to watch it together. Yeah, because it'd just be like, okay, I'll be with other we all people. Got we'll it. just knock it out. But it was <laughs> we'll fun. it was beer. really fun. Yeah, no, yeah. I think we all enjoyed ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. Like it's not good in the in the sense of like. Well, and even that, this is a movie that's <laughs> full of contradictions uh-huh. in terms of like some of its production quality is downright awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But some of the makeup effects were really good. Yeah. And some of the puppetry at times was really good. Yeah. The CGI yeah, was Yeah, you, you could terrible, definitely but... tell where they put their money in. Yeah. Uh, this is another thing. This movie costs only $1.6 million. Okay. Like <laughs> that is an inexpensive movie, even for 1996 when this and came out. And most of that money went into the Spider Scorpion. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that is definitely. <laughs> <laughs> like this is a very cheaply made movie, but the like the spider thing looks good. Doctor Mittenhands, even though you could see some of the seam. I mean, we're watching it on Blu-ray too, so that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. If it was on a fuzzy little thing, a little if you're watching VHS. a VHS on a 19-inch TV back in the day, it would <laughs> yeah. be fine. Yeah. That and like they made a whole other set for him to be giant. Yeah. Like, that was proportional to his giantness. Yeah. Right. They made a super big set. It was or they made like a, the practical yeah. stuff looked good. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it looks like they spent money on the practical effects. It was like the digital effects because it was 1996. Yeah, suffer. Because, and this was a cheap, cheap film. Yes, yeah. and so the CGI of the spaceships and any shot that's outside of the spaceship is god awful. Yeah, oh, the yeah. spaceship design it makes no sense. Yeah, the spaceship, the set was very ugly. Like, the yeah, sets like were all everything pretty was pretty bad. bad. Like they didn't. It it looks like a very cheap set, but yeah. still like. The CGI of that, any compositing shots where they clearly had like green screen of like 
the leprechaun oh my growing God. in size or <laughs> when uh, Heidi is like hanging off of the thing. Oh, we yeah. need to be clear about who Heidi is. Heidi from Home Improvement yep. uh, is in this movie. Her real name is Debbie Dunning, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Good. She gets to kill recall. the leprechaun, but then she, she gets kill killed leprechaun. by the leprechaun. He comes yeah. back. He gets better. <laughs> but she shows off a lot of upper arm strength in that scene. <laughs> also, yeah. like, I want to be very... She she's in shape. Mm-hmm. Like there yeah. were times she'd be turned around, I'd see her arm and be like, "Jesus, you got some guns." Yeah, well, that's how I was like, that "Oh right, on. yeah, she looks great in a tank top." <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I think when I pointed out. <laughs> that's I was how like, I recognize I think that's Heidi from Home Improvement. And you're like, she does look good in a tank top, and it's like, yeah, that's got to be her. And I think one of the other girls was like on like, uh, who is it? So we have like only two women in this movie. The uh, three. Oh, the princess, oh, the yes. Princess, yeah. Yeah. But the princess who is asleep for 90% yes. of the movie. But I think the evil. other woman, Dr. Reese or Reeves or whatever, Dr. I think she Lady. was- Dr. Lady. <laughs> Dr. Lady. I think she was on Baywatch or something. Okay. That's so what her IMDb like, photo says. Yeah, so <laughs> they're they're pulling from like these women who were like, they were already on their own shows as sex symbols, and they're like, we're going to put them in our movie and- still keep them as sex symbols. Right. Because, like, they literally have Dr. Reeves, Reeves, whatever, her, like, her clothes <sighs> get both, like, dissolved and torn <laughs> off throughout the movie. Like, acid yeah. is thrown Until on her. Until she's just wearing, like, a black bodysuit. Yeah. No, she's wearing, like, panties and a, and a um, just a, not a tank top, but. Yeah. A shirt where the sleeves got Melted off by yes. spider <laughs> acid. I think uh, it was spider And then acid. The, the spider scorpion pulled Tears her pants, pants off. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because of course it does. Yeah. yeah. And I kept dreading that moment. Like, I was like, oh, they're going to do this, aren't they? Well, and somehow, awesome. as far as, like, the way the movie treats the, like, women characters, that is not the most egregious because we what have is? the princess <laughs> at the very end of the movie. Suddenly, we find out that the way the princesses oh, of yeah. this alien planet like give you like the death the sentence kiss of death yep. is they open up their bra and show you their boobs for a solid two minutes the boob yeah. of death yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then boob they death. monologue at you yes they say something oh I wish I remember the line because it was so good yeah. and it was just like anytime boobs show up in a movie this should be the line someone says <laughs> yeah. it's like as you look upon them you are like sealing your fate or something and yeah. I was like that's a good line but we were all watching that there was no context for it no. she, she just, just stands, stands up and she just opens her shirt and starts monologuing and all of us are like what is happening yeah. I kind of liked that well, like, yeah, really the, the randomness funny. of it You're yeah like, I kind of liked that it was like the th- here's this like alien and this is their culture <laughs> and it's just right. so weird the way they played it kind of worked because the space marines were like the ones who were left alive at that point weren't really like male chauvinist pig type right stock 90s at least they compared were all to the other ones who were there <laughs> yeah yeah so they just like stand there and they're like oh, uh, what <laughs> and they're all just kind of looking on in horror as she does this thing for no reason i almost wish that like that the the doctor lady didn't explain <laughs> why i kind of wish yeah. that like she was just like, oh no, and then everybody else just be like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> I feel like that would have been maybe more funny. <laughs> well, just... that's interesting because like one of the things that another contradiction is here, some of this movie is incredibly stupid. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's it's stupid. The humor's stupid. Like, it, and then there are other parts where they're like a fairly funny, sophisticated joke, 
and is played off well, uh-huh. like happens, and I'm not prepared for it when it happens yeah. because Which the rest I of the movie makes it funnier than it actually is. That could very well know. be. I don't, I don't know. know. I think I think the parts when it's like actually funny and clever are the parts where it real like it goes knee deep in the fact that it knows that it's very cheesy and very like stupid I, it's when it realizes it I think is when it's more funny yeah like Dr. Mittenhan <laughs> yeah. and his assistant let's talk about Dr. Mittenhan yeah, they're both very like they both have their like weirdly creepy sexist moments but yeah. also like there are genuinely funny moments between them yep yeah. where like so so much so that like his assistant makes a joke and he's like I do the jokes <laughs> yeah. and you're like oh that felt like a weird <laughs> seeing behind the curtain like kind of moment of just like okay that's mm-hmm. a discussion that like you don't think would happen in an action horror film sci-fi thing from the 90s like that much awareness yeah is kind of refreshing yeah. but then at times it's completely unaware oh yeah and, and so it's it's a very but when is that l- like the like, guy's sitting at the table drunk yeah yes. yeah like all of that I think is supposed to be funny but it's so bad right I, yeah and I think what also contributes to that is that like it's bad because a they're in this like disco bar where nobody <laughs> else is there yeah. and they're holding these cups that clearly sound plastic and are from Costco yep. and like all those different factors I think filter into the fact into it not being funny everything about yeah. that everything yeah. they're saying and uh, somebody I don't know if it was Rachel or Matt or Sam somebody at that point said we're still doing this scene like why isn't this ending? Well, like, because yeah. there's a, a in that scene, there's a a man and a woman who are going to like sneak away for sexy times, and that is the part. Heidi and Kowalski. Yeah. Heidi yeah. touched her boob and like, oh, that's so <laughs> weird. Yeah, when I realized like, it was Heidi, and I'm like, oh no, it's Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, but like that sequence too, as she's going out, as she's being, as they're trying to go out, and she keeps like, yeah, she keeps like touching her boobs and looking at all these people. Yeah. I'm like. What is happening here? And they have here? to like give every drunk dude a line. Yeah, like yeah. every guy mm-hmm. gets a line where he's like, "I know what you're doing." Right. And it's yes. Like everyone has to say something, and it's just yeah. It's that it's that thing of like, okay, we only get this this character gets two lines in the entire movie. We have to sell their character yeah. as like he's the drunk southern guy. Well, yeah, maybe it's more like the characters who ended up dying earlier were the less charismatic and interesting actors. So then by the maybe. time they That'd were all dead, way to do it. then you got Joanna Man and even that space marine guy, the main... Metalhead? Um, metalhead, yeah. No, 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 the guy who looked like Sylvester Stallone. Oh, oh wasn't books. Sylvester Stallone. His, he wasn't that. his books for some reason, which I assumed <laughs> they were going to maybe they explain any of their nicknames <laughs> at any point, and they didn't. Yeah. I almost feel like... Um, when I think of the humor that they try to write that they thought maybe normal people say, like, say these things, I recollect jokes from the room. Like, you know, when hmm. he, they're at the coffee shop and they're saying, oh, that's great. So how's your sex life, Greg? Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it was kind of like that. Like when they were sneaking away to go have sex, all his all the friends at the bar, sitting at the bar, like, oh, I know what you're going to do, kind of thing. And yeah. that kind of stuff does, like, people don't really do that. Right. And that's the, but that's my point is like, it's, it's because my favorite part of the film, and it's a part that, like, I wish I had a YouTube video of because I think it is so funny. 
like intentionally funny. And at first when it was happening, I wasn't sure if it was intentional. <laughs> and then after a few seconds, I was like, oh, no, this is intentional. And this is very funny is so Dr. Mittenhan's assistant. Um, His name's like Harold. Or Harold. I think, I think it, it is Harold. Harold. Yeah. yeah. Is uh, starting to molest the princess who's asleep. Right. And Dr. Mittenhan, who we first don't see as a person, we only see him on a TV screen. <laughs> The TV screen version of Dr. Mittenhand wheels up behind <laughs> yeah. Harold yeah. and just stares at him. It's like a TV cart like you had yeah. like in grade school. Like an AV cart, as if yeah. like someone just like wheeled that into yeah. frame <laughs> so he could watch him. And it's like, if you think about it too much, it doesn't really make sense because we don't see his like TV be motorized right. at any point. Uh-uh. Like we don't see him moving around. But like in that moment, it is very funny. It's to just like. You see the super creepy guy yeah. and his boss just like creeping in, creeps in on his him. shoulder, just like, Ahem. yeah. And he's got such a good face, and he commits. Doctor Midnight's commits. Yeah. So oh yeah, that actor he committed. To Even though he forgot part. his accent partway through the movie, that's yeah. okay. There, he let his British yeah, accent come British, in. He was British, and then yeah. he was German. Yeah. And then, well, then Warwick Davis was sometimes British and sometimes Irish. Yeah, yeah. he was like yeah. Shakespearean or Irish. Yeah. yeah, he remembers. Oh, right, I'm a leprechaun. I'm supposed to be Irish. <laughs> yeah, there's hey, a laddie. Yeah, it's funny he had to say laddie that he would usually <laughs> become like Irish. Laddie. Any line that had laddie or lass in it, yep. he's like, oh, I should he probably had to say reset this one himself with those lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I thought he was it was really good in it too. Oh, I think Warwick Davis is great, yeah. and I think. He's the strong part of this movie because, like, anytime they like just let him have a soliloquy, I'm like, yes, this is great. Like, mm-hmm. let him just speak. Yeah. But I think we we touched on this a little bit with the the guys in the like, weird disco club where nobody yeah. else was around, and the ship being weird of like whose ship is it? It's never yeah, really clear. There's so many like inconsistent things in this movie that yeah. like just weren't thought out, and there's also no sense of who these people work for where they're going, what they're doing on a regular basis, what their relationship is to each other. Have they been working together for a week, Mm -hmm. a day, 20 years? Like, we have no idea who any of these people are, except for the only thing we get is their contract is up at midnight. So after midnight, they don't care about their jobs anymore. Yeah, even though they're still stuck on this ship. Space Mm -hmm. midnight. Space midnight. (laughs) (laughs) I think jumping on that also, that was kind of my my biggest beef with the movie is that I didn't know anything about Leprechaun. Like, I didn't watch any of the movies prior to this, and I don't know what he is capable of. I don't know what his powers are. Mm. Um, He seemed like they kill him so early on, and then he comes back. He comes back every time they kill him, so it's like, what... Like, this, a monster in a monster movie has to have a flaw, and he never has a flaw, but with that said, like, you could still run with that and make him into an even scarier villain, but they right. didn't. No, they didn't. Um, well, and I, I want to, th- I think that that's one of the problems with the entire franchise and where it started going wrong is it's like his, his powers are so weakly defined. Yeah. You don't really yeah. know anything. Even in the first one, you're sort of like, well, what he can do anything? And yeah. that's what they, he can they make stuff appear. Off. Like, in and... the very first scenes, like, one, he just makes a table of, like, jewels and gold appear. Yeah. And so he can trick people into seeing things and believing things are real. But then he can... That be... was real, I think, though. Yeah, I think so, but he just makes things Because they took all that appear. gold and they... Yeah, because they took the gold and they shrunk it. That's right, yeah. But then he can, in that same, like, sequence, 
he explodes into like 20 pieces yeah, and, and uses, it's still fine. And he uses a gun throughout the movie too. And a like, lightsaber. And he curses <laughs> a penis. But he also... <laughs> yeah. like it comes out of a penis. Yeah. Oh. The lightsaber is like the first weapon he uses in the film. Like yeah. he has his little... I'm assuming it's a shillelagh. Um, I'm sure it must but be a like, shillelagh. At the end of it, like a laser sword comes out. Looks a lot like a lightsaber. He uses it to chop a guy's legs off. And then he never uses it again. Then the sh- then the lightsaber is just a regular blade through yeah. the rest of the movie. Yeah. But it's like, okay, if your bad guy can make things appear and has a lightsaber, that's already <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. And he can just kill anyone in this movie very quickly with a lightsaber. Yeah. Like any situation that he's stuck in in this movie could have been solved <laughs> with, with that lightsaber weapon. I think also the weird part about Leprechaun is that there was no real reason why he was being like – to me, it's not enough that he's a selfish, uh, greedy little leprechaun and that he just wants to his gold. Like, there was... That's not enough? No, because... Well, like, it's also not even... He doesn't even... The main conflict of the movie isn't surrounding his gold at first because well, he forgets about his gold. Right, yeah. but like... That's the he, thing. So, like, just to fill in that gap, like... I think that could work, and that's kind of what they try to do with the first one is, like, everything is fine until you take his gold. Yeah. Then there's a problem. Okay. Right. But that's not what what what's really happening in this movie mm-hmm. until the very end where they try to say that's what's been happening, but they don't mm-hmm. really even say that. They took his wife. Kind it wasn't of. even his wife no, yet. Yeah. They took his girlfriend. But then even at the beginning, he's like, then I can just kill her. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. Well, I think that... I like for me if to make it a good leprechaun movie I'd want it to be like go all in on him being evil because like he seems because he's all powerful I would I feel like I'd want him to be like a Loki type character where he'd want to mess things up just to mess things up or mm-hmm. like like a Joker type character. Yeah, so maybe the problem is that he's murdering people when really he should just be like trickstering people and yeah. being a menace. Mm-hmm. And but like he's just murdering people like it just there's no weight to it. No. And that I think is my biggest problem well, because, with the movie. And I think that's if we're comparing like the era of movie and like like similar things mm-hmm. of like Nightmare on Elm Street is one where Freddy has a lot of different powers. He does a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. But that's because he acts in the dream realm. Right. And so there is a clear definition of, like, the rules of Freddy Krueger. Like, don't sleep because he can do whatever he wants to you in in your dreams. Right. But he can't come into the real life unless you, like, bring him into the real life. And so Mm -hmm. that's a pretty hard wall of, like, this is the way these movies work. Yeah. Like, everyone knows that part of Nightmare on Elm Street. Whereas, like, with Leprechaun, like Rachel said, like, I don't have that much history with it. I know he's mischievous and can have some powers and do things, but like in the first five, ten minutes of this movie, you see him do everything and die and come back, and so you have no idea what to expect. Yeah, right. there are just no rules, period. Right. So right. you don't really know what to expect. And you have to have your own set of rules. Right. Yeah. That's it, what makes a movie work like uh-huh. this. Yeah. Because yeah. like Jason Voorhees, I mean, the thing with Friday the 13th that's so effective is the fact that like he's he's unkillable yes but really he doesn't have all kinds of powers mm. he's just a blunt instrument yeah who is going he's to kill there. everyone like yeah. that is his thing and it and he doesn't do it with magic he doesn't do it with anything else he'll just grab you and tear you apart with his bare hands if he has to eventually he gets some magic well yes that's true <laughs> oh but... boy <laughs> um, I just want to picture like Jason the magician with like a rabbit out of a hat <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> yeah. nah, he can like teleport around and stuff well 
that's and, stuff that they added later just to make yeah. the the canon seem more because like why does he appear here and the original idea was just like no he's just he's just fast yeah. but you know now he's now they're like yeah you can teleport he anywhere. has a car yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, i picture like a razor scooter yeah he's got heelys <laughs> going around how does he always Crystal catch Lake? us yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to see a short film about that. He has like those moon bounce uh, shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Just springing through the woods after shoes. people. Yeah. That's the parts they always cut out. Yeah, yeah they have multiple shoes for different occasions. Um, <laughs> but you don't have that with Leprechaun. No, you don't, but you it, do have he. It doesn't. His power set doesn't jibe with like how he acts in the movie because he's totally charming mm-hmm. and funny, and he could be like a Loki type character. Yeah. Until he, it's time for him to murder somebody, and then it's just like this is not the most interesting part of the movie. But the most interesting part of the movie is that he's like this weird force of nature who wants something, and it's not really instrumental to the plot at all that he no. wants any of it. But that's kind of interesting. And I was thinking this morning was that it's kind of like the Dark Knight. Yeah. So the Joker and Leprechaun are the same. <laughs> they're in this movie, but they're not the main bad guy of the movie. They just wanted a bunch of money or they want something and then they turn somebody else in the movie into the bad guy of the movie. But that's also like part of the issue is that the movie relies on everyone's wants being counter to each other's, which is like a good storytelling most of the time of like you want this and I want a different thing, but they're in like opposition. opposition. And like that they try to do that in this movie, mm-hmm. but it's so forced and it's it's like none of it really makes sense because yeah. the whole thing is like, okay, cool, we have his princess, he wants her, and he won't kill any of us if we just give him this princess back. And right. the Marines at one point are like, let's just do that. Yeah, That seems like a pretty good idea. And then Midhand's like, no, I need her for things. And they're like, <laughs> but uh, okay, yeah. I guess. And then even after he gets like... Doctor Lady he said that her. they couldn't do it because of diplomatic yeah. uh, ties and stuff. Yeah, because they were she, apparently this, she's the princess of this huge empire. Yeah, yeah, the Doctor Lady knows everything about that planet, and at the most convenient times, will release little nuggets of information of like, oh, actually, no, can't do that because of this. Oh, yeah. the reason she showed her boobs because of this. Right. Like she just has all of that knowledge in her brain. Um, a little more front and setup of the leprechaun. Why he's in space? Why he's in space? <laughs> so this is the thing. Uh, Matt did some research and found out that he isn't sent into space at the end of the third one. Yeah, even though it's the same director. Yeah, yeah. he does not end up in space. It by was the like end of literally the, third movie. the reason they wanted to make this movie in space mm-hmm. is because the head of the studio saw the poster for Apollo thirteen. Uh-huh. And had his graphics department mock up a version of it with the leprechaun's face instead of Tom Hanks' face and yeah. said, there's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't entirely wrong. <laughs> but but there's no setup no. at all. No, no, we like the intro to this movie is literally like we get the space marines and they're on a mission to go kill the leprechaun. Right. We don't find out like what they were doing before this. We don't find out what their normal job is. We don't find out where the leprechaun came from. No, they like, don't give a shit that he's a leprechaun either. No. He's just another he's an thing alien that they meet in space. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like they live in a universe where leprechauns on Earth don't exist. 
Yeah, well, that's we it. also live in that universe. Well, no, but like the no, idea no, like of Leprechaun. Oh, okay. like, none of them are ever like. <laughs> none of them um, are ever actually Rachel. <laughs> yeah, Leprechauns aren't real. Yeah, but this no, little I see man what you in mean, a green yeah. suit looks like something that I remember from Tales on Earth or something like that. Yeah, like not. No one even says like, "Why is he dressed like a leprechaun?" The word leprechaun is not mm-hmm. used in the film. No, not no. one time. <laughs> and so that begs the question: Why is he a lep? Why is the main baddie in this movie a leprechaun? It, yeah, it does seem like one of those, like, you could read a story about, like, oh, they had this script about an alien film and decided to make it a leprechaun movie. That is not what I saw from, like, reading on IMDb no, and Wikipedia no, and stuff. No, they like, made to be a leprechaun planned movie. this being a leprechaun movie. But it does seem like a film where it could be any sort of alien. That being said, I do love that he is a leprechaun in space. I'm totally okay with it. It's just very bizarre. I'm totally okay with it. I feel like maybe they took the idea of a leprechaun, which is actually really scary because it's like, uh, it reminds, like, you know how in The Simpsons, how Homer (laughs) sees, um, what does he see? The little- There's a leprechaun episode. Yeah, where he sees like a little thing, and it's like all powerful, and what? like he tries to like tell people about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this that's Ralph who sees the leprechaun? Is it? There's also are a they doing the, the kazoo thing? Yes. Yeah. The, oh, the, okay. the leprechaun ends up marrying Yoda. And it's. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, <laughs> that happens. Okay. <laughs> if you think about it, it's this all powerful, <laughs> magical creature who is like greedy and evil, and it's a scary thought to think about yeah. that. Um, so maybe they took that premise of a leprechaun and were like, we need to make a, that into a bad guy. Well, we, that's what happened. And yeah, I think exactly. the first movie does that more successfully. This one like doesn't really play up those themes at all. And I think... They lost their way. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> He's yeah. still got his greediness, though, which yeah. is his best but quality. Going, like, but like the first, at least the first movie, I believe, is like all about gold. Like, it yeah. is all, like, the main conflict is that, like, his gold is at risk. Somebody's taking it away from him. He needs that gold, and he's going to murder anyone. It is very easy to picture a horror movie about a leprechaun. I've yes. never seen this movie, but it makes perfect sense. Well, yeah. and then I but... think the second one is about uh, a, f- a curse that the leprechaun placed on this man's family because he wouldn't let the leprechaun marry his daughter or something like that. It makes perfect sense. And so it just carries out through the whole yeah. film. But yeah. Curses. They scare yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, like you're talking about in this one where the like i think two thirds of the way through the movie suddenly the princess character is the one who has to remind him of all of his motivation yeah, yeah. she like she suddenly becomes the audience and she's like why are we here <laughs> what are we doing where's your gold and he's like you're right <laughs> what i need to kill she... everyone we need to leave the spaceship and let's get my gold yeah. i think she literally <laughs> says why are we here yeah <laughs> and he's like has to rationalize I that he, i think she's like why are we still here yeah, <laughs> yeah. like your goal was like to take her away, and yet when you are feet away from the spaceship yeah. that you can get in and fly away, you choose to instead put a force field over it and then go back go to kill something. people. Yeah. Well, he went to go find his gold. His gold. Yeah. But it doesn't. He can he make, can make gold. gold. Can't he make gold? This is weird. Like he... <laughs> Maybe he has a magical pop pocket where he puts all his gold, and okay. so he makes his gold appear. But once he loses it, like he, he has cannot to go create. Yeah, Maybe he, he always has to have a little gold. piece with gold. him. Yes. He yeah. No, I think it's a TARDIS situation. Like when he's reaching into his pocket, yeah. it's going into another dimension where all of his gold is. He's got a pocket yeah, dimension yeah. of gold. Yes. Sure. So he's not creating. And he it can out apparate of, like, it at air. will, but he cannot make more than he has. Exactly. But so. he can make handcuffs 
and that's like fire. Shoot fireballs. Shoot fire. fire. Jewels. Yeah. Yeah, jewels which are warts and Oh yeah, make a lady have warts, which falls under curse. I would say my biggest qualm is when he makes the handcuffs. He shouldn't make handcuffs. If he's gonna make anything, he should make old shackles or something. But couldn't he yeah. also just like make that dude like locked in a cage? Oh, he can shape shift too. Yeah, he can. Yeah. Why can't wh- hmm. this is the? I mean, I, this this happens in a lot of things, like with Freddy Krueger is another example. Like Freddy Krueger, especially until like the last, until Freddy's dead. Freddy Krueger, it's like he's a sadist, mm-hmm. so that's why he's toying with people, mm-hmm. right? But I, I, I don't the, feel that. Here. I don't feel that in here. Yeah, and that's it, my biggest gripe with. Yeah, him. right. Like he's yeah. he seems like a dick. Sometimes uh-huh. he seems seems like kind of an okay guy. <laughs> well, other times it's just like, yeah, no, like they were just hanging out in a cave and they got becoming a couple, <laughs> yeah. and then they just got kidnapped. Yeah, I'm like, blown up. Maybe maybe the the fact that it's like I'll leave you alone if you give me what you what I want, which is my lady and my gold. Mm-hmm. Like I maybe the fact that he's so blatantly do this and I'll go away, kind of thing that diffuses how evil he is. Right. I think you might be right. You can negotiate with him. Yeah. And with like uh like with other villains they'd be like, give me what I want and like you give him what he wants, but then he still kills you right. anyway or something like and that. The Joker. Got, yeah. <laughs> if we exactly. got that moment in this movie, if they were just like, fine, here's your princess, here's your gold, leave us alone. Like if they decide, you know what, we're gonna rebel against Dr. Mittenhan, we're just gonna go ahead and give this all to this guy mm-hmm. and get rid of him. We'll deal with Mittenhan later. Like, and then he's like, thanks, I got all my stuff. Now I'm going to self-destruct this ship. And we're like, oh, no, he's still a jerk. Yeah. Like, that's even adds a little bit to it. But Like, I that could be midway through the movie. But, like, yeah. every step of the way, like, Rachel, you're right, where it's like, he does seem like if they just gave him his stuff, he would leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. and they really have no good reason for taking his future wife and gold. Like, they are the jerks. And like No, Mittenhand is the only one that has, like, a plot-worthy reason yes. for hanging out. But, like, the Marines are just like, yeah, get him on the ship. And it's like, but why? <laughs> Tell I us why even... you were sent there to kill him and why you took her. I can't yeah. even remember why she shows them her boobs. What is she so mad about? It's a death sentence. Is he with, she, is he with she her? She has basically like aligned <clears throat> herself with, with the, the leprechaun, leprechaun because yeah. she's like because she's greedy. Because she's, she's greedy also and evil like too. the leprechaun. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like she's more of a leprechaun than he is because she's like <laughs> kind of stupid <laughs> and, <laughs> and like the, yes, but, the the one quality that above all else of a leprechaun, <laughs> stupid, kind of stupid, <laughs> but but like also like greedy at the same time, um, and like foiled by greed, yeah, which is like a nice too. trait to have. He is too, except he can do anything he wants. Yeah, like and he's then, a magic yeah. man. That's one of my favorite lines in the <clears throat> in the movie where he's. He's like, and I am going to kill your father. And then she's like, how dare you? That's, uh, if I'm going, if he's going to die, it's going to be me who yeah. kills him. Like, if it's my like father, that. I'm going to kill him. Yeah. She <laughs> is a vastly more interesting character. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. she she has rules. Like, it, it may, it, she's very clearly defined at the beginning, and that thread holds yes. yeah. through the whole film. Now, to uh-huh. be fair... She's also asleep for most of the film. To be fair. So they don't give us a lot of time to ruin her character. That is correct, yes. But, I mean, every scene that the leprechaun is in, I agree. Warwick Davis, man, he gives it his all. And um, I don't necessarily think he's great, but I do think that he certainly is trying. Um, And 
doing the best with what he has. And that makeup effect is also really good. His like leprechaun the leprechaun character. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. It's so hard mm. to look at his face. Oh, man. The, the cover ripples. of the DVD well, is what, like, creepy. When, yeah. Like, we were all watching it, like, the DVD menu came up, and it was just, like, the close-up cover. of just like, <laughs> and we're all like, all right. <laughs> like, no, it's a, a creepy leprechaun. It's yeah. a good effect. It's and, so weird how, like, I was expecting, like, so much gore in this movie, but, like, we only got blood when the... When Heidi dies, oh uh, yeah, yeah. And um, not that much blood. And but she I just think fell it, a great distance. It yeah. wasn't even like a super gory tearing apart death. No, I no. think it substituted gore with like grossness. Like when he was blendering the 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 blue blood and the <laughs> scorpion and the spider. spider yeah. Oh my god, it, that it made me want to like puke. All those things that when. Dr. Mittenhands turns into a spider and he's weaving like those webs made of bacon looking stuff. That <laughs> made me want to puke. Yeah, Dr. Mittenhands' whole spider in this yeah. was yeah. very, mm-hmm. very gross yeah. and but like oozing. And I want to bring up it was interesting because one, the, we talked about the makeup effect being really good, but also the reveal of that makeup effect was effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because all of us went, wow. Yeah. yeah. And then well, he had a great kinda... reaction too when he first saw himself. He went, ah! Yeah. You know? <laughs> we all knew what was coming because yeah. they mixed his like yeah. regenerated. Regenerated. Wow, I can't say that word. I'm just gonna skip it. Uh, <laughs> they mixed like this new DNA with the spider and the scorpion and like injected him with it. So it's like clearly he's gonna like he's gonna become a man spider scorpion yeah. but how is that gonna pay off yeah. oh the part when he puts the needle in his head yeah, he oh, just stabs God. him in the back of the head with a needle and, it's, <laughs> and then it's like there. clearly a robot at, at that point and it's just like malfunction yeah. malfunction yeah it's, it's and then yeah he becomes this really wonderfully designed gross spider so scorpion gross. thing um and with the claw perfect for tearing ladies' pants off. Oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think as much as we're praising the leprechaun makeup and the spider makeup, I think we have there's one character we have not talked much about in this episode whose makeup is horrible, and that's Metalhead. Yeah. Oh, like the oh, God. colonel of all the, the main, space marines. like <laughs> marine, about like him. the leader of the marines, uh, has this half of his skull at one point was destroyed in battle and so the story at the beginning of the movie is to save his life they basically like reconstructed part of his skull out of metal so Mm -hmm. half of his skull is metal you can see it all and where the skull meets this actor's (laughs) real head is just like a a, an inch sculpted on yeah like a line of silly putty (laughs) just like stuck to the back of his head and it looks very very bad and then it's later revealed to that he was a robot. He was a robot the whole time. Was? Yeah, I didn't really. Understand yeah, that. when he falls over and the plate falls, yeah. it's well, just machinery. Still Before really he falls over, we get the whole scene oh, where he's God. dancing around because he's now a the woman. Leprechaun, the leprechaun puts him in lady clothes. The leprechaun not only puts him in lady clothes to embarrass him, but also like turns him a little bit into a woman, and he's fighting yes. that. Which I it like, was the, really confusing. The whole scene is very strange because. I don't remember the lead-in to it, but whatever the setup for it was, I said out loud while we were watching. I was like, "He's going to be dancing in a dress, isn't he?" He yeah. said, "We're gonna. I'm going to show him what kind of man you really." Are. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, that's an allusion to clearly he's going to make him into a woman." Yeah. And to be fair, though, sticks and books were pretty okay with it. They were just trying to like they didn't make any like gross jokes or anything. Fair. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Actually, the however that was the 
the scene where I was like, so what time is it? Because it went <laughs> yeah. on too, too long. And yes. at one point they're like, we can't kill him. But then they were also fighting him. And then at the end it was all for nothing because he was a robot the whole yes. time. And the we can't kill him seemed to come escalated very quickly. All he was doing was like kicking at them and punching at them. <laughs> yeah. He could have done something else to him besides kill no, him. We <laughs> yeah. have to kill or nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Actually, the the big thing for me about that scene, look, one, yeah, even for 96, I feel like that's, were we done with this yet? Yeah. But the other thing was just the scene, like the scene with the drunk people at the table, just kept going. Well, because they kept doing the thing of like, he would say something in like a woman's voice yeah. and then like catch himself and be like, well, why didn't you say that? Yeah. And it'd be like, he had to do that. Sorry, that was like Yosemite Sam. It was. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> the rudeness took I realized like that was just my Yosemite Sam impression coming out. Um, but yeah, like he would go like marine voice, woman voice, marine voice, woman voice. Yeah. And he had to do it like four times for us to get it. Yeah. They really wanted to still utilize it, really. that disco room. They did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They had three sets, I think, and so they were like, well, we've only been in here one time. Why yeah. did we build a disco room? <laughs> <laughs> why did, why did Dr. Mitten Hands have a disco room in his in his uh, right, ship? Right, his ship is yeah. what I think. And it was a giant ship that giant two people worked yeah. in, Dr. Mm-hmm. Mitten Hands and the other guy. Well, that was also part of it, like this whole, like, who they are, who works on the ship, how many people should be on the ship, was like, there's so many areas of the ship that have signs of, like, uh, waste disposal, keep out. I'm like, okay, who is supposed to be in there? Yeah. Who's handling the waste? If none room... of these people are supposed to be in there, yeah. who is? There was a room entirely Just... full of flesh-eating bacteria. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's... The... <laughs> And, and it wasn't like a stuff. lab. It wasn't a room anybody used. No, it, just it was just like a room in the shit that like, oh, yeah, no one can go in there. It's yeah. flushing bacteria. It's like, but we got suits, right? And at one point, there like blood uh, fell on him and he was like, ugh, some machine oil. Those are lubricants. Yeah, yeah I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. That was gross. Yeah, I don't. Blood. That, again, that's one of those scenes where it's like, I don't remember where it went or why it was in the movie. Why they had to go in that room. I don't remember at all why they had to go in that well, room. Well, because they were chasing the leprechaun. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. Let him boil. Just let him be in the room with the remember, bacteria. Don't you remember? They're in there. Oh, he had a little yeah. suit. And he, he had, had a little, little suit. suit. Yeah. And then there's one part where he just sort of whoop he right behind, behind the guy. <laughs> He's like swinging around on chains behind him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right Murph behind is the one. Mooch. Mooch. I thought yeah. Murph. Mooch. No, it's Mooch. It was Mooch because no. he's always trying to get cigarettes from people. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so his nickname actually did make sense. <laughs> yeah. That was the one thread they tied up. Assuming Sticks plays drums and books is the smart one, but they never say that. I was going to say, we never. I was waiting for like a line for yeah. like a very obvious line of books to be like nerd like just <laughs> yeah. like make fun of him for being smart or uh-huh. read a lot or something yeah but nothing there's like uh, friends call me books and you're like sure oh uh, okay books yeah yeah no, i don't just Even take that at face value please explain maybe it's an ironic name maybe he's, maybe really he's dumb. the dumb one <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could yeah, be. No. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I feel bad for Sylvester Stallone's weird kid. I kind of liked that guy. Who was that guy? Was he I, in anything else? I'm sure he was in something else. I did a quick overview of some of the cast and like did a lot of TV shows and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't see anything that really jumped out. Okay. Uh, Heidi was the only one that was like, 
freaking was on home improvement. She also yeah. was fine in this movie. She was. She was, yeah. she, she was one of the stronger actors. Yeah. She was um, grieving in a realistic way for yeah. the man whose penis turned into the leprechaun. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I could go a long time without watching that sequence again. But that but scene the, would have been better if there was blood that's and the goo thing. in it. Like the, this, Rachel, you brought up the thing that there wasn't that much gore in here. And I think this movie needed more gore. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, and with because a sequence like that is upsetting, but yet there was, it was so PG. Well, because but, we're but left weird because like, it's coming out dead? of a penis. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it didn't. Oh, yeah. You we don't sure know if, if that man dead is dead. Not. Like, we don't know if this leprechaun just, like, fit into his pants <laughs> and, like, yeah. grew out of his pants or if he's literally <laughs> tearing out of this man's flesh. Yeah. And Which if it's I that one, there should be some blood. Something, yeah. Because blood's cheap. Like, you could go down to the Halloween store and get a few gallons of blood. Or yeah. sound effects that are gooey something. and crunchy or something. Yeah. yeah. Instead yeah. of he, he just came burst out of, out of the pants and then the guy falls over and we're like, well, I guess he's dead. Guess yeah. And, and so that. I don't know. I think maybe it's time that we talked about how we would fix this, and that could be one way. Like, well, I I, I, <laughs> I want to start blood. more but more blood, please. I would like to start with like I think leaning into the gore because some of the stuff they did with horror effects were really cool, like the makeup effects on uh, some things, <laughs> and like the gore. With, it wasn't gore, but like the gross spider webs and things like that. Like that, it made ugh, it was it was a fun gross to me, mm-hmm. um, and I really enjoyed it. And I think that if you're making an exploitation film like this. I think go into that. They they it was weird. It was weird and sort of disappointing when there was no blood yeah. or gore from him exploding from a man's penis. Do the other ones have blood and gore? I don't remember clearly enough. Okay. Um they're all rated R. So So yeah, why they could have done whatever they want. Why why worry about yeah, it? Yeah, you showed yeah. boobs, why not show fake blood? Yeah, and actually you could probably do without the, the boobs. But it yeah. just cuz yeah. again, it kind of comes from nowhere and leads to nothing but that part felt like they were I stand by that part (laughs) it felt like towards the end of the movie halfway through the movie they realized what kind of movie they were making so that part was like making fun of other movies that do that like you have to have boobs if you're a direct to video but I see I, I don't give it that much credit I feel like they were literally in the room being like "All right, where do we put the boobs in this movie yeah but that's kind of saying the same thing almost it's like but I think it's I think in that 80s, 90s horror film thing, they're just like, we have to have boobs in this movie because that's what people want to see. I, but the way that they almost, did it was so off the wall. Yeah, weird. I almost want to give it, like, if I'm going to give it credit <laughs> for anything, I'm going to give it credit for the weirdest usage of boob showing. Because it wasn't like, oh, my bra got torn off. Or like, which I thought we oh, were going to get. Like, yeah. kind of, yeah. like, it wasn't like, oh, whoops. It was like, I'm going to show you my boobs and this is the case. Kiss of death for you. Yeah, it's interesting because powerful boobs. Well, one th- <laughs> one thing <laughs> to keep in mind too that is a problem with a lot of uh, '80s horror movie is the mixing of sex and violence mm-hmm. in a way that I don't think is healthy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and this wasn't that exactly. So and that's right. why I stand by this scene because it's so weird and like. And it's a weird. It's it's also empowering for yeah. her. Yeah. That's exactly. Th- you know what? I'm going to take back what I said. You're right, actually. That's that is it is kind of <laughs> <laughs> she's raising her <laughs> arms and <of> victory. <laughs> but when you're cuz I hadn't thought about it that way. But mm-hmm. when you put it in those terms, all of a sudden I am kind of like that is kind of going into what you're saying and turning the genre a little bit on its head right. and saying, well normally we would just have a couple having sex yeah. and you would only see the woman 
Ben's boobs there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that would be the titillation for this movie. And that would be our quota. Right. But here they don't do that. And they don't mix that moment of nudity with violence. Right. Implied violence. Well, there's but, implied violence in terms of like. not happening to the person who's nude. Yes. Which usually is what. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. I think, and the only sexual violence in the movie happens to the man whose penis explodes. Yes. <laughs> and I also think that there are little like cues, like the whole scene where the guy, the the assistant is about to molest the the alien woman. Right. And then he rolls in, his computer face rolls in. <laughs> like, I think that little cues like that are. Uh, in a way, maybe clues that they kind of get that, hey, we don't have a lot of money. This is going to be a crappy movie. <laughs> We're at least going to make it kind of funny. And I think it kind of knows that. I think there's something to be said there, but I'd also like to point out the fact that, like, I like the fact that that character was being judged by Dr. Mittenhands mm-hmm. for being a creep. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that, that he rolls in and he's got that judgmental look on his face as he's staring at him. Like he is judging him, but he is also harvesting her for her blood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> one step at a time here in 1996. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I feel like he's being judged for being a sexual creep. Yes, that yeah. is true. And I. Like we can harvest her blood. Let's not be creepy about it. Yeah. Well, you know, and because I think that's a problem in straight, especially straight to video Mm -hmm. uh, horror movies from that era is like being creepy was more played off as being funny or being, you know, like it was always like the creepy, funny guy who's just like his whole character is he's pushy with girls. Yes. It's like the entire cast of. It's like the entire cast of Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, sure. they're all awkward. They're all they they're always the ones who are made fun of like you can't talk to girls but then they're creepy and they'll spy on them. Yeah. It's Porky's. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's like all like, yeah. Porky's has that police Revenge academy. Revenge of the Nerds. Police Academy, Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds, yeah. of the Nerds yeah. is some yes. of the worst. That one's bad. Yeah, yeah that's very scary. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. Hold up. No, <laughs> no Revenge no. of the Nerds is one of the more upsetting things I've watched. Yeah. Very and, and it's like the, oh this this and this was like normal. Why is everybody looking at my dog? Oh, because she's leaning against the wall in a really cute way. Yeah, <laughs> like is she she's migrating. Pu- <laughs> yeah, we were talking about awful things, and I got distracted by a cute bug. Yeah. 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 Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, Revenge of the Nerds. I think is one of the worst. Like there is a moment where a man rapes a woman, yeah. but because he was good at sex, it's all okay. Yeah, yes. like that is horrifying. To, to have put into a movie. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's plot points in a few like old 80s comedies where it's like the joke is that the woman didn't know who she was having sex with. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's funny. That's, when you mentioned Reverend, when we both all mentioned it, <laughs> yeah. I, that was the scene that I was thinking. Yeah. About. Right. Like it's at the time, I don't know how it was received. I don't know that I was born. But like. <laughs> probably, uh, not. probably not. It's, no. Yeah, I think it's like more like early mid 80s. But yeah. like. It's it is one of those things now. Like you hear it described, and if like somebody said, "Hey, the new Judd Apatow movie has this scene where this happens," you'd be like, "What the fuck? It's Who thought that was a good idea?" Yeah, it's like a psychological horror movie. Yes. or something. yeah. And I, yet that that happens in more than one like '80s comedy where it's yeah. like alluded to, like I'm gonna slip in there when it's dark because she's gonna think I'm this guy. Yeah, and it's like no. Yeah, like, that's that. Yeah. And it, it's there beyond just sex. There's a lot of really weird dark upsetting things in a lot of 80s films that were played off as comedy that when you think about are really more upsetting and weird 
than <laughs> than funny. Well, yeah, um, and I think that's something I've realized through doing this podcast and watching a lot of older bad movies is that that is one area where a lot of them fuck up. Yeah. Is like in the handling of like human interaction and the <laughs> way we should treat each other. Yeah. Because it is that thing I was telling Nick earlier today of like, I am more surprised now when we watch an old film and it doesn't have those things in yeah. it. Because I'm just expecting at this point, if I'm watching a movie from the 40s or 50s, I'm waiting for the racist scene. I'm waiting for the sexist right. scene. Yeah. I'm waiting for yeah. the like absolutely like unforgivable scene. A I'm woman, waiting for sticks to die. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Honestly, yeah. like there was He didn't die. He didn't die. Which is like, amazing. So I think I, he had the last line in the movie. Uh-huh. So I am kind of getting on board with your guys' thoughts of like this movie is a little bit more self-aware than the, I gave it credit yeah. for because it does the things that most movies of the time weren't doing. Right. And mm. I went into this movie expecting it to be that kind of thing. Sexist, yeah. horrible. But like And it uh, has elements of them. There uh, are well, yeah. right. But it but it always basically always veers off right at the last second before it crosses over into oh Despicable. people can't oh people can't watch this movie anymore because well, it's like it's the, the moment where Harold is starting to be creepy yeah. as the princess I think all of us were like oh god really yeah, we're, yeah. This is, like there's an unconscious woman on the table and we're gonna have the creepy lab assistant we're gonna see her, her boobs now or something. and then and, we have my favorite part the, <laughs> yeah. the, yeah. then we get the funny moment so that it that doesn't happen his boss comes in and catches yeah. him and it's like yeah. okay good good job we or even that. or even like the scene where the guy where the marine guy gets turned into a lady lady clothes was awful but it wasn't they could have used some very horrible language in that part they could have made True. some very bad jokes in that and part. like you said the marines could have reacted in a much yeah. worse way like they could have acted grossed out nobody outside of himself ever like makes fun of him for the predicament yeah. that he's in He's the only one who makes any kind of negative statement about it. Yeah. Which is not great, but no. it's not also not as bad as it could have been, which makes is me not think that high it's praise. Like, but. It's like the what caused it was the leprechaun's weird old value system. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. So and everyone else in the room is like, offended this is the by best it. you got? Yeah. Or just like, like, are you, what are you making fun of here, leprechaun? Explain this joke And to I kind of feel like that's what the look they were giving, like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. I like that. I feel like you can also... Um, I don't know. No, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Um, So for me, though, let's for me, the way to fix it is to lean more into the gore and the campiness of the gore and and just really make it a splatter film, for lack of a better word. Um, That being said, like this is a like I said this, I think when we were done watching it or or in the middle of it, I was like, this is wild. Mm hmm. And I was never bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, except for um, what Rachel pointed out too, like the the when the the cross dressing scene, the cross dressing scene. Thank you. Where I was like, well, okay, this let's move on. Mm-hmm. We yeah. we did the joke. Ha ha, yeah. got it. Okay, I actually let's... thought that about the scene when he got big too. That one went on for way too oh, long. Oh yeah, also. that was yeah. boring. He... That was the only part of the movie I thought was boring. Yeah, he walked around in that room for too long, which yeah. shouldn't be a boring scene. Like no. you just like blew up the leprechaun so yeah. he's like 40 feet tall like yeah. that's that should be the that kind of is the climax of the movie it should be the scary part it should be the threatening part but right. 
because they didn't have the technology to really make it convincing, yeah. Yeah. they just were well, like, all right, walk slowly towards them and they're going to get away. As a character, the leprechaun at that point is so impressed with how big he is that he spends that whole part just <laughs> yeah. saying like, I'm so big now. Like, I'm, yeah. like, <laughs> I'm so big now. <laughs> yeah. I can moons and clovers. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, how would you fix this or would you? Uh, yeah, I think definitely we talked about it a bunch earlier, but I think making him more of a Freddy Krueger type giving him some hard rules and I think letting them foil him throughout the movie and not just kill him repeatedly <laughs> because like every time they interact with him they just blow him up and then run away yep mm-hmm. that's and, even the end yeah at the end he still like blows up in space but then you see his middle finger flick off the oh, screen oh god you're right yeah. and so he's still alive <laughs> he's still gonna come they just like, put him in space yeah, he, yeah he's just not their problem anymore yeah but like theoretically with all the powers he's had so far he could just get on the ship yeah and crawl his way back into the ship i don't know if he can teleport but like he's there he's just outside it he could like princess leia it and come back to the ship oh he probably has force powers yeah that's true. yeah that's um, i mean true. if you got a lightsaber you got um force, yeah. but like let's not make this a shared well universe. actually not anymore <laughs> because now finn can use a lightsaber so you don't have to be a jedi to use a that's lightsaber true. Um, but um, let's... Excuse me. <laughs> you pushed your glasses up, and you're not even wearing glasses. <laughs> but let's, uh, yeah, I'd say some more hard and fast rules in the original script would be better, and yeah. just letting us understand what some of these people actually want and mm-hmm. what is actually stopping them from doing it. Because from the beginning, they set it up as like the leprechaun; nothing can essentially stop him, not even blowing him into bits. And so, and you can run with that. Yeah, but they but didn't. Like, they, they don't, they, and yeah. they just make it. They just give him more and more powers. But as the movie goes on, they also make him more and more like dumb, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> like they they trick him, and I'm like, okay, he can he shouldn't be someone that can be that easily tricked. Yeah, unless you set it up from the beginning that he is tricked by right. greed or by right. this. Right. Or this. Give Which him tried to do I think. one solid flaw that yeah. you can like take advantage of, and mm-hmm. like that's Freddy's whole thing is just like people wake people up as he's just about to kill him and he's like damn it mm-hmm. I almost had him this time that's almost a, I think people's favorite thing about any monster is like Dracula stake through the heart Wolfman yeah. silver bullet like you have a clear fire. thing yeah that like keeps them f- from being all powerful mm-hmm. and it's kind of a uh, comparing it again to like Superman mm-hmm. of like Superman <laughs> a lot of people find boring because they see him as like oh, he's all-powerful, he can just do anything he wants. Yeah. And he only does have literally one flaw, and that is kryptonite. So or even in this case... Or you can put him on his own planet. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, like, at least he has hard and fast rules. Right. Well, and also his other weakness is that he cares so much about life yeah. so that he'll do anything to but save But in this... It. He needs a physical and an emotional weakness. Yes. Yeah. And he has neither in this. <laughs> no. He has really. no physical weakness that we can possibly find. No. Right. And Which, he, again... His, like, even his emotional weakness is greed, but that's not leaned into in this movie. Nope. Yeah. But, like, uh, another character who's sort of similar to this is Wishmaster, um, Mm -hmm. which I don't know if you guys have ever seen. They're not great movies, but, like, the first one is entertaining. And it's a a similar thing of, like, he kind of is Mm all-powerful, but you can trap him and trick him. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to figure out. And the same could be true here. Like, you could in some way trick the trickster. Right. Um, But you're right. They make him dumb (laughs) at times where it's like, well... 
what? Yeah. You, you're just, now you're listening to Dr. Mittenhand? Why are you, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, it is a weird thing, but I agree. If you just had more clearly defined rules yeah. for him. Rachel, what do you think? Um, I thought I, I guess I was already saying it earlier. <laughs> um, but. We've been all over the map this yeah. episode. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that if he leaned more into the eccentricities of it, like, mm-hmm. Put more lore into it, I guess. Oh, this movie could have used a lot more lore. Yeah. And Even if it's stupid like a... lore, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. Right. Like, like, just give us like a thing at the beginning of like, the leprechaun found his way to space by blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Give us a quick little two-minute summary yeah. of like- As man expanded to the stars, so too did yes. the leprechaun. <laughs> That's all it needed to say. Yep. <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah. And maybe if they uh, changed it to like- all women, like all of the military people were women, might be kind of interesting because then, because he like wants a bride, mm-hmm. and it'd be <laughs> that maybe that would be like a way to trick him somehow. What if you had too many women? Exactly. <laughs> oh, then what, Leprechaun? Yeah. What are you going to do now? Yeah. And then it would just what if be we like, all show you our boobs? <laughs> yeah. And then it would just be like, I'll, I don't know. I feel like a lot of movies can be fixed by putting more women in it. But <laughs> well, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, because Heidi was a badass. Yeah, she yeah, was like, cool. Yeah, all the women were the most interesting She was trapped alone without parts. anybody else, and she blew up the leprechaun all by herself. They should have like, made her doctor lady. What were they thinking? Uh-huh. No, she was fine as the marine. Well, she could have been doctor marine lady. Well, okay, fine. But then you just removed a woman. From yeah, me. don't remove a woman. Well, Doctor Lady can still be there too, but she's just Doctor Lady, not Doctor Marine. Lady. <laughs> there's two Doctor Lady, or she's just Marine Lady, and then there's Doctor Marine Lady. I mean, that's you know, this is trying to rip off aliens. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they did have a Doctor Marine. So yeah, um, cool. Sam? <laughs> well, actually mentioning, I was going to say it's a ripoff of Aliens, but I think that the slasher movie, horror movie element of this was the least interesting part of it by a long shot for me. Mm. So somehow if they could have stripped that out, where he's still like a Loki type character, he's still perfectly willing to murder these people for what he wants, but that is not what he's specifically doing. He's like on their ship and he won't leave them alone and they hate him and he's so annoying and he's like breaking stuff and sometimes he's killing them and... Dr. Mittenhands is like, won't give up the lady. But he's not hunting them all down. Because I think that, like, the way he used his powers I thought was really dumb and uninteresting. But by the end of the movie, when he was like, Wario, basically. <laughs> and he was just like, walking around. I didn't think around. of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just walking around so excited about his gold. And he wanted his gold so bad. And he finally got his evil girlfriend back. I loved it when those two got back together. Because I thought they were such a good, like, couple. Yeah. Weird, mean alien princess who's even meaner than the leprechaun. And a leprechaun who's all-powerful but too dumb to use his powers. <laughs> I think is a really interesting, like... It's yeah. a really interesting pairing. It should have been them, like... <laughs> yeah, they just wasted the whole front of the movie with it being a horror movie. When the but Dr. then Mittenham... it wasn't even a horror movie because yeah. it wasn't like... No, it wasn't any kind of movie. There weren't any stakes. Right. I don't know what kind of movie this was, actually. I Well, this is something I struggled with. Was, I was watching it, I was like, half of this movie is an Aliens ripoff. Yeah. Half of this movie is a pretty much a failure of a slasher, a mm-hmm. uh, traditional slasher. Yeah. And then there's this other little bitty percentage that's this quirky, 
Fake space opera, kind of? Yeah, like turning the genre on its head, space opera, uh, space balls. Yeah. Almost. And that part kind of reminded me of almost like an independent comic or something that I would really like. Sure. Just like a very weird premise. Leprechaun in Space is a comic that would happen. Yeah. Like if they were just like, let's just do like a one-off series of the Leprechaun, but he's in space now. Yeah. (laughs) Done. (laughs) It's an Elseworld. (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but yeah uh uh that it was a weird premise done really well except for it was so beholden to what the previous leprechauns were i think that that's where it went downhill interesting yeah i i kind of agree with that yeah um well let's get you started then with how do you rate this thing um I really enjoyed watching this movie. It's definitely like the poster child kind of movie where once you start to pull at the threads, it all comes apart. Oh, yeah. So if you don't think about it too hard and you're just watching it with a bunch of people, it's like one of the best good-bad movies I think I've ever seen. I feel like this would be a good fecal film fest. Uh Uh-huh. I think people would love this movie at fecal film fest. Yeah, this is a good – this is a good – like I'm really glad we did watch this as a group. Oh, me too. Yeah. I think – it was good to have everyone kind of having the same reactions at the same time. Yeah, I think like, I still would have enjoyed this? it, but yeah, yeah, just that everybody else was enjoying well, it. Well, I had seen it before, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it much more this time okay. with watching it with you guys. Yeah. So, um, so my system is the European flush system. <laughs> I have one. Well, so when you go to Europe, you'll see that the toilets have two buttons: one with one water drop, one with two. One with one is for pee, and the two is for poop. Uh, so if you flush in a poop down, it's a big mess of a movie. If you're flushing a pee down, it's all right. So I think I'd just do one pee flush, I guess, if I have to flush it down at all. You're not going to flush. I would watch this. Yeah, I would yellow let it mellow. Because <laughs> I liked, I think I must have flushed troll, not trolls, things. What did I do to things? I think you still gave it a pee flush. I think it was like one pee flush. Though. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say I'm going to plumb troll uh, things out of the toilet, too. Those are both <laughs> sitting in my toilet. Pee, pee just floating there. <laughs> yeah. You just peed into the back of the tank. Uh-huh. So that way it can't go anywhere. I peed in a water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> when I watch things, I peed into one water bottle and put it on my bathtub labeled things. Now I peed in a second water bottle, and this one's labeled leprechauns in space. The or Howard maybe... Hughes of movie rating. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe you just peed in the sink and just let it drip down by itself. Oh, you're not forcing That's it down on its own. Too. Gravity. Yeah. yeah. It's space. a gravity flow toilet. Yeah. Space doesn't have gravity. Exactly. Yes. We never saw any of that in this movie, really, until the very, very end. That yeah. space didn't have gravity? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, also that, like, even in 96, we all knew that you wouldn't explode if you went into space, but yeah. yet they still... His explode. explosion effect is so good. Oh. I just love that he just He explodes every it. time he dies, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, every time... He dies, I think, three solid times. He gets really big and wacky the and last time, explodes. Though. Yeah. That's I just true. love that at the beginning of this movie, he lives in a bad cave on a planet in space. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. There's no explanation. And when I read that the guy directed the last one, I was just like, why? What? Why didn't you just put something about- like, how, how can you make two movies in a row and end one on Earth and then the next one just begins in like a hundred years later in space? <laughs> in space, yeah. Rachel, uh, how do you rate this? So I rate it similar to how I rate on Real Love, um, except that the bar has been dropped. (laughs) Um, So A being, um, okay, this is like a normal, just like, it's not bad, it's not good, it's just a movie. Um, And then F being... Uh, Batman versus Superman, basically. <laughs> so there's no room in your system for something to be actually good. Yeah, that's an A. Okay. You were just kind of like, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't think I've 
But this would not like you wouldn't have. We're not going to have a movie on yeah. here that's like the Florida Project. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? No, no. I know a movie that's like the Florida Project. Things. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. god! My god! It's an art film. <sighs> Leave it alone. Okay. So I would give it a C plus um, because it it was pretty bad. Um, but it still had like some really weird, but interesting parts to it that I think like if you tweak the writing as in like right, better writing for the actual villain, then it probably would have been like an actual just regular movie. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Okay. C plus. Cool. Matt. Uh, I got the possessed mushroom puppet scale of enjoyment. Uh, and yeah, like you guys are saying, like this is a, a fun movie. Like you, Nick said, like I was never bored. Hmm? Um, and yeah, the bad moments I think just make it better in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna give it like a four out of five. Wow, because I, uh-huh. I just like I there wasn't a moment I think like for me at least where I wanted to like know how much longer was left or I felt like it was dragging or I was like oh I can't believe we have to watch this Uh like I had a good time yeah Yeah. based on the expectations to the actual product expectations were super low I had like the lowest expectations I think that helped I was actively dreading watching the movie well you shared the trailer with all of us no man you shared the trailer and it it, it looks god awful oh yeah Yeah. like I shared that trailer I was like oh we're in for a bumpy ride (laughs) the trailer made me feel a little bit better I do not think (laughs) that it deserved the zero rating on Rotten Tomatoes to be fair I think only like four or five people have actually reviewed it on Rotten Tomatoes we have to put our reviews yeah, we yeah. should. I give it a four out of five. Yeah, that'll bump it up. I give yeah. it a pee bottle, <laughs> which is good. Rotten Tomatoes, it's good. Yeah, yeah. we have we have to get like a uh, real bad as like one voice <laughs> to yeah. be a Rotten Tomatoes critic. <laughs> oh man, they'll have to average the pee bottle, the C plus. <laughs> I'd love to know which intern is having to do that. Yeah, oh, that what poor. does that count? Is, is it fresh? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is one pee bottle fresh or rotten? <laughs> uh, so yeah, solid four out of five. Cool. Uh, I rate all of these uh, on a category scale like Storm. So one, eh, it could be fun. Uh, and uh, five could kill you. Um, this is hard for me because like quality-wise, there's a lot of bullshit in this that, that is like, man, that budget, that, it just shows so badly, mm-hmm. like with the CG and everything. But on the fun scale, <laughs> like I agree with all of you and I, I really agree with Matt that like this was really entertaining and and not entertaining in like uh ha 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 look how bad this is although those are, there were those moments mm-hmm. but like i was legitimately having fun watching this mm-hmm. um and at, at a certain point i realized i was kind of invested in the plot like i was <laughs> yeah. like are they gonna make it um, <laughs> yeah which doesn't always happen when well, we're watching these maybe by a boon of it being a horror movie you're not really sure if they're all gonna make it at the end that's true yeah. and i remember thinking i want sticks to make it yeah and at was, some point i definitely thought Everyone is going to die in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it's tough for me. I'm going to have to give it a two because some of what was bad in here was so bad. <laughs> like the CG is 
unacceptably it's bad, bad for ninety six. Yeah, yeah, and that's saying bad. something. It's like you put so much effort into making that proportional giant leprechaun scene, right? But you couldn't just make like a a, a small version of a rocket in space. Yeah, and put it on a stick and just then, a crappy model. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, just, just Thunderbirds it up. Choice. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was very very strange choices there. Um, I mean, this was the same year as Space Jam. Yeah. Space Jam looks great. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, okay. <laughs> like Space Jam is wow. all compositing, all green screen. Michael Space... Jordan interacting with nothing. Yeah, but Space they Jam had a fine. massive budget. Yeah, for probably. That well. I mean, this yeah. $1.6 million is not a lot of money for this. Oh, Space Jam's budget. All right, <laughs> all right we're, we're going to check what Space curious. Jam's budget was. Space Jam's budget was $80 million. So <laughs> that's more than $1.6 million. They could have made 80 bit. more Leprechaun <laughs> movies. <laughs> well, what a bummer. <laughs> So, you know, I still got to give it a two, though, because it's just like that CG was unacceptable, man. Um, And some of the threads that we pulled at, too, are just like, come on. And then, you know, the stuff that's like the the cross-dressing stuff just didn't sit well. Um, I know, you know, I feel like even for 96, it was just not not very well handled. So, yeah. It's a two, but at the same time, I would totally watch this again, especially if it was with a group of people. Mm-hmm. Like, I would I would love to watch this again. I would love to watch it at the Fecal Film Fest yeah. um, because I think that would be fun to see it with an audience. Yeah. Um, that's so a you, thing that oh, yeah. exists in Missoula. Yeah, it's a film festival. Yeah. That. That's happening. Well, when you're listening to this, it will have happened last weekend. Sorry, suckers. But uh, <laughs> it's a, Sam, explain Fecal Film Fest real quick. It It'll probably is, come up at multiple times yeah. on this podcast. Kind of a juried bad movie fe- uh, marathon where uh, me and Rachel and some of our friends get together and kind of like draft a chunk of horrible movies and we just watch them one weekend of the year. That's about it. And then uh, what movies are on the slate? Uh, horror. horror. That's a hard word for me to say. Horror Horrors of Spider Island. Of Spider Island. Uh, the Dragon Lives Again, which is a Bruce Lee movie. Not a Bruce Lee movie. A movie made after Bruce Lee died. It's about Bruce Lee being in hell and fighting his way out of hell with the help of Popeye. <laughs> yes, Matt? Do you have something to say? I have so much. There's so many questions. questions. <laughs> cool as ice. It's not really Bruce Lee in the movie. Okay, because I know there is a Bruce Lee movie where they like CGI'd his face in after he died. Uh, no, by, well, definitely not no CGI. No, well, it's not like CGI. It's like compositing. No, this is just like a in honor of Bruce Lee. It's like a gift for him, basically. <laughs> All right. And then uh, you said "Cool as Ice," which cool is Vanilla as ice, ice, a Vanilla Ice movie, yeah. where he's like it's like Footloose, I think, but with Vanilla Ice. <laughs> and he's a motorcyclist. He's just a drifter, I think, a cool drifter who comes into this town full of squares and helps save the, the makes town. Makes him cool as ice. Yeah, and he makes them all cool as ice. And um, what's the last one? Hercules, Hercules in, in New, New York. York. Oh, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, that's like yeah. It's one of his early movies, right? Yeah. yeah. I think we, I he's hopefully. Dubbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're trying to find the version where he's not dubbed. Though. I want to see the not dubbed version. Oh, the not dubbed version is horrifying. Yeah, that's why. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. The dubbed version is horrifying. It's so weird. We all know Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice. Yeah. 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 So to hear somebody else's voice coming out of his head. With an American accent. It's really weird. He unfortunately was my governator for a while. Hey, mine too. Mine too. I lived out there for a while. While he was governor? Oh, cool. Yeah. But yeah, he. that is a good lineup. It is a good lineup. I think it's perfect for that. I'm excited about it, yeah. Um, well, and with that being said, it's time to move on to Real Good, which is uh, our chance to recommend something to you that will help get the taste of Leprechaun 4 oh, out of your mouth. That's a horrible 
thing, thing to say. To think about. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, especially as sexually charged as this film was. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to start. Uh, mine's a, an odd pick because it's not necessarily a great movie or even a good movie. But it is. It came out the same year as this. Space Jam. And it, <laughs> you know, and it is another horror franchise that went to space. Um, but I feel like this is the only good one. And that's relative. <laughs> it's uh, Hellraiser Bloodline. Oh. And it's actually, I think, an interesting take on the idea of going to space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I admire the whole Hellraiser franchise. There are a lot of hits and misses. They never went as bad as Leprechaun in any way, shape, or form. They just got kind of dull mm-hmm. um, after a while. But I've always been fascinated by a lot of the the lore in the Hellraiser series. And they do a lot more with the lore in Hellraiser Bloodline. But they do go to space. And so, yeah, check out a franchise that didn't totally screw itself up by going to space in Hellraiser Bloodline. That makes That sounds scary. Them, the Cenobites in space sounds like a bad idea. It's, it's, it, it is. Yeah. It's also like it takes place across multiple times. Uh-huh. Um, so there's like a, I think there's a present day, then there's a future, and then a, a past uh-huh. um, where you meet the maker of the Lament configuration. Whoa. So it's really, it's an interesting, I, I think that the whole franchise is interesting, mm-hmm. um, even if none of them are perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that's my pick. Rachel. Um, I'm gonna, if, if you like other sci-fi b- movies that is kind of bad but still really good <laughs> for me personally, uh, I is the Altered Carbon series on Netflix. Okay, um, Joel Kinnaman. He, it's I really like it just because it's like it really sticks to its rules and it really uh, builds up this world and like what happens in this world and stuff like that. Um, It does, in a way, kind of relates to Leprechaun because it's hard to die. Oh, right. (laughs) In the the show. Uh Yeah, you could get shot with a machine gun into pulp and you would be okay. Yeah, and your brain can just get transferred into another body. Mm -hmm. Um, No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's a... really enjoyed it and I uh kind of I didn't binge watch it I did like kind of like watch an episode like every other day but in between those days I was like what's gonna happen next (laughs) how is he gonna solve this mystery and it is kind of like a mystery which um I do love sci-fi mystery uh movies slash shows so it kind of checked all the boxes for me cool and Joel Kinnaman is ripped yeah, he's pretty hot. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. And hopefully better than he is in Suicide Squad. What? Oh, that's that guy. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh... He's way better than he is in Suicide Squad. I didn't even realize the it's same guy. It's almost as if that's not the actor's fault yeah. in Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, it's Gee, Colonel Flag or whatever. Happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's way more ripped than Alter Carbon, right? <laughs> Sam, what's uh, your I real good? I feel like mine's kind of obvious, but it is another sort of holiday themed film about little creatures running around and there's lots more gore and goo the gremlins one and two i felt like there's some kind of kinship there you made that rhyme like oh i didn't mean to (laughs) i did mean to i feel like there's some kind of poet and you didn't know (laughs) that like maybe maybe they saw gremlins 2 before they made leprechaun in space and they were like i want to make the leprechaun version of 
Ugh. Gremlins 2. They did not succeed. They uh, kind of <laughs> almost did. But Gremlins 2 is like little troublemaker creatures who have very strict rules who are running around mutilating people in a much more like interesting way. Well, but and they also... kind of been more meta. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be better. And then yeah. Gremlins 2 is where they totally... They go nuts. They go like, totally they make meta all, in that yeah, one. They, yeah. So... Um, that first one I my, I saw in the theater. I was a little little kid. Uh huh. And did my, it terrify you? We had to leave. Yeah. Yeah. It because, makes sense. Yeah. That's why the R rating exists now, right? It's one or of the PG thirteen. It was it, PG thirteen. It was that Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and something else. I think. I feel like a kid could hang with Temple of Doom. Because little of, kids though. who are enslaved and hearts get torn out. Yeah, but. Gremlins are scarier than getting your heart torn out. I think. Well, yeah. There was also the guy who got pulled into the mailbox. That was yeah. Blah. Yeah. Anyway. Cool, Gremlins 1 and 2. <laughs> yeah. Matt, what's but real also, good? But also, I don't think you can go wrong just watching Leprechaun in space. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Matt, uh, what's real good? Uh, I almost recommended Jessica Jones Season 2, but I haven't watched it yet. Okay. But like, as far as good villains with good rules go and like terrifying, Jessica oh. Jones has a good terrifying villain. Yeah. Um, Were you going to recommend a thing that doesn't exist yet? It came out it just like came out the other day. It did? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's on Netflix. Boy. There goes your weekend. Dad, there goes that boring weekend. I'm not watching Marvel oh, series Jessica anymore. Jessica Jones is so good, though. Because they're not good. Mm, I have many problems with Jessica Jones. It's yeah. boring. Hers the only one I liked better. out of any of them. Hers was at least better than the rest of them. Yeah. I actually liked the first two seasons of Daredevil. I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm all about fun. season one Daredevil. Season I couldn't one. make it into like three episodes. I was done. Oh, I like Daredevil. But I, I think Jessica Jones season one is an incredible season of television, mm-hmm. and I love David tenant i just can't keep up with everything anymore and i've decided that marvel netflix i'm getting rid of netflix and i'm and i'm just not gonna i can't watch everything anymore yeah. <laughs> so uh, so all of that was cut out uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm leaving uh, it in oh i sorry listener um <laughs> my recommendation is life's too short oh, which sad. was a one season run uh mockumentary of Warwick Davis's life. Uh, it's produced by Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, who made The Office. Mm-hmm. Um, the original and, Office from yes, England. Yes, and it's in a, Well, they also did the U.S. one, but yeah. Did they? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but I think they at least made money off of the U.S. one. Yeah. Um, but it is produced in that same similar style of, like, feels real, but is clearly, like, a take on it. And it's basically Warwick Davis's life after he's done all these, like, he was in Harry Potter, he was in Star Wars, he was all this stuff, but no one knows that about mm-hmm. him, and so it's him trying to get, like, these movies made, and people are like, all right, well, what, are you, what have you done? He's like, Star Wars? They're like, I didn't see you in that. <laughs> and so it's a very good, self-aware, like, comedy. There's a bunch of weird, good cameos of, like, Liam Neeson's in it, <laughs> uh, in a really good part where it's, like, a lot of it is like pitching movies, and there's a good part where like Liam Neeson has a really good movie pitch that you can find on YouTube and watch those clips. But yeah, the whole thing is just pretty self aware. I think it's only like seven episodes, and I think they're all on Amazon very, Prime. Sounds very British. Is it's it very, very British. British. Uh, I'm I'm on board for yeah. very British. But it's only seven episodes. I think they're all on Amazon. If you have Amazon Prime Video, like go watch it. It's funny. Just a note. I want to say that I met Warwick Davis. Oh. Um, when what? I was I don't know 19, uh, he was doing a. Um, a tour with... Uh, what year was that? Oh, How close to Leprechaun 4 was it? Well, not that far. Yeah. That not that was, far before or after. Well, I'm trying to... Th- so I was definitely out of high school. So it would have been around 96 or 97. 
Whoa, yeah. sweet. Yeah. Right in that sweet spot on Lemmer Cup Four. Yeah, he signed my VHS copy of Willow. Oh. Um <laughs> But uh I wanna say very honestly that he was of all of the people that were up there, because I met him, David Prowse, Jeremy Bullock, who played uh, Boba all Fett. All the unsung Star Wars heroes. Well, it was called the Men Behind the Masks there we go. Oh, okay. uh, tour. And so I, I went and I got to meet him. And he just sat there and chatted with me and my friend for a while. And he was the nicest, sweetest person. Cool. Like, he was genuinely lovely. Like, and, and I, and I... I I've met not that many celebrities, but like I've met a few and none of them have been horrible, mm-hmm. uh, but he was different. He he seemed very, just very open. And uh, so I thought that was, that was just nice. And I wanted to make sure and put that out there that he was super nice to two kids. He had never, no reason to be super nice to. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So and it's also speaking of Willow, there's a very good plot line in Life's Too Short of him and Val Kilmer trying to get Willow 2 made. Oh, and it's very good. Okay, I want to see that now. Yeah, it's good. Because I even asked him if he if he'd uh, seen Val Kilmer since Batman Forever had happened. Yeah. And he was like, you know what? I visited set, but he was really busy. We just sort of waved at each other from across the way, and then that was about it. And yeah, like, that's what I like. Like, Yeah, life's too short. I recommend it. I haven't watched it in a while, and now we're, now that we're talking about it, I want to rewatch it. I want to watch that. That sounds it's cool. good, yeah. All right, well, thank you guys for being on this episode of Real Bad. I really appreciate it. Real Bad is a part of the Cage Club podcast network. You can go to cageclub.me to look at all of the other um, podcasts that are available. There's a lot of them. My current favorite right now is The Contenders with Tobin Addington and his sister Island Addington, where they talk about women in positions of power both in front of and behind the camera. And it's very lovely, and I'm going to be on an episode, I think, in the next two weeks. I'm not quite sure, though, uh, talking about aliens. So uh, thank you, Sam and Rachel. Plug your show. Yeah, you can definitely take a listen or two uh, on our podcast called Real Love with two E's, just R-E-L. like Real Bad. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Real Love Pod. Yep, and then just search us on iTunes. We'll be there. We'll be Excellent. there. Excellent. Great. Matt, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on episodes of this podcast that you're listening to right now, and then on Twitter at Matthew Gatos. And then you've got an idea for a podcast that you haven't spilled the beans yet on, and I'm very yeah, excited. Yeah, it's not like announced, but it sounds fun to me. <laughs> so maybe I'll do that sometime. I hope so. Um, all right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. You can uh, keep track of us at Real Bad Pod on Twitter, or you can go, of course, to iTunes and subscribe. And please rate and review, as that helps us out with the little algorithm. Um, we're also available on Google Play and Stitcher and a couple other places where... I'm not even sure where where all we are right now. I need to go check that check on that actually. So, but until next week, uh, this has been real bad. <laughs>